What's up, everybody? Welcome to Call to the Bullpen. I'm David Payne with Brad Zampar and Jimmy Miller. Let's play ball. We're going to kick it off with the chatting cage, talking about a little bit of news in the Major League Baseball world. Uh, we've got some eight-year extensions, a pair of eight-year extensions from some top prospects, uh, starting with Corbin Carroll, arguably the, the number one prospect, best prospect in baseball, getting locked up for eight years at $111 million, adding to this trend of young guys that we see getting locked up early. You know, we saw it with Julio. We see it with, with all these young guys around the league, not with Adley Rutschman yet at Mike Elias, if you're listening. Uh, we were waiting for that, so let's get on that. But uh, Corbin Carroll's the latest one to get a bag after like 30 major league games too, which is insane that he just secured himself $111 million. Uh, so what do you guys make of, one, this trend of young guys getting locked up through you know their entire rookie contracts and then some, um, and then this deal in particular? Yeah, I mean, I really like it for – I mean, both sides, obviously, uh, he's when said and done, you know, a few years down the road, he's probably going to be worth more than he's going to get annually. But I really like what the Diamondbacks are doing. They have some good young pitching. Um, I think that they could, you know, I think they're going to be above 500 this year, maybe a game or two. I mean, I think they're going to miss out on the wild card. But I really like uh, what both sides did with the Carroll deal. Um, I, you know, I'm really impressed with their future. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really like what he brings to the table when you think about kind of a five-tool guy, right? Has some power, uh, can steal a lot of bases, potentially a 40, uh, double 40 steal guy in his prime. So I really like what he brings to the table. Yeah, Carroll's definitely an interesting case because he also had the, um, he tore his uh, labrum uh, the year before last year. He missed most of the years. It happened in April, I believe. So he's kind of securing himself some money now and a lot for the players taking extensions now especially with the arbitration process, it takes a while for these guys to actually make decent money. And him just being able to lock that in now, it's going to be beneficial for him. It'll be beneficial for Arizona because they'll have one of the faces of the franchise that they can work around. And they're obviously not a huge market team, so it's going to be better for them to work around that and have him locked up. Yeah, I think this is a win-win. And when you look at what the going rate for is a star player now, you know, if Corbin Carroll is what he's supposed to be three years down the road when he hits arbitration, there we're going to be paying him out 20, 25 mil a year anyways. Um, so, you know, that's 75 mil over those three years that they would have been paying him plus two years of free agency. Who knows what the free agent market's going to look like by the time he hits it. Uh, so this is a, you know, a great deal for them, even though you could say you know, they could have waited two years. They could have gotten two cheap years out of them and then done a, an extension after that. But it's, it's a show of good faith. It's something that when this eight years is over and he's looking to sign another contract, he's probably going to remember. So when you can build that kind of pipeline there of signing your young players early and building that kind of relationship where they're going to want to stick around and they're going to see that you respect them, I think that that's a really big deal. And that's what I really want to see the Orioles do with this young core that we have coming up. Uh, and for him, you know, to, to secure generational, life-changing, family-changing wealth 30 games into his career is incredible. So kudos to his agent for getting that done, too, because he's going to have a chance to go and sign another $250 million deal after this. Now, to a, a deal that I don't like nearly as much for the player, uh, Kiebert Ruiz also got an extension uh, at eight years, $50 million, um, which uh, for the team is great. I mean, you get a catcher for, you know, seven and a half million dollars a year for the next eight years. But in, in terms of him, you've got to think that, once he hit those free agency arbitration years, he'd probably be making a little bit more than that. 
Um, so I don't know how I feel about locking yourself up for seven and a half million dollars a year. Although as a catcher, you know, things can, things can change pretty quickly and $50 million is nothing to, you know, scoff at, but um, I think he could have done better for himself here. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, it's tough to say, cause you know, as a catcher, I mean, I'm not sure how he is defensively, but um, you know, I think that locking up that long-term deal is big for him. It's not like he has the best protection in that lineup either. Right. So, I'm sure that he's going to have to be that guy they turn to as a top prospect offensively. He you know, had a pretty good year last year. I think he hit like 22 doubles in 115 or so games. So you know, he does have that potential to be like a 270 uh, hitter. You know, I, I don't want to say a JT Real Muto type hitter, but, you know, a doubles guy that can, uh, you know, maybe flash a little bit of defense with that arm. But, you know, the deal money-wise, you know, you might you know, want to see it a little bit higher. But I think being a catcher, you know, it's such a volatile position that, uh, you, you're going to want to lock those guys up long term. Uh, I'm sure that he knows that uh, his legs could go anytime, his knees could go anytime. So uh, just getting that long term is good enough for him. Yeah, for Carroll, obviously, he's a guy from, uh, I believe he's from Oregon, I believe. I could be wrong on that. But comparing him to Kiebert, a kid from Venezuela, it's giving $50 million to a kid from Venezuela is completely different to giving a hundred million dollars to a kid from the United States. That's family wealth over there. That's life changing. It's changing your kids' lives. This kid's kids' lives. Uh, it's for him. It's going to be hard for him to just turn down any type of lump sum of money like that. And it, it's definitely showing that Washington wants him to be around for a while. So it's definitely a good side for both, both, both parties there. Yeah, I think it does say something about the Nationals, too, that they're willing to go and, and put that money out there. And we've known that the Nationals haven't been afraid to be big spenders in the past. They've not been shy with the checkbooks. Um, so I don't expect them to be shy with the checkbooks when they think that it's time to win again. Um, and clearly they see him being a big part of that long-term future, and we're willing to spend some money here. Um, now we're going to transition over to the World Baseball Classic, uh, where we've seen Japan absolutely run through the competition. Uh, Jim, could you mute your mic? We've seen uh, absolutely run through the competition there, uh, go 4-0 and in pool play, and uh, Australia's been a stunner for me. I didn't expect Australia to come out. Um, they beat Korea on a huge uh, three-run home run there. That was one of the first real electric moments of the tournament. Um, the USA pulled off a win over Britain last night, although it was looking kind of scary through the first four, not going to lie, but then started to get ugly after that. Um, the big stunner would be the, the Dominican Republic losing to Venezuela, but I told you Venezuela is going to be a good ball club. Um, so what do you guys think so far of the tournament? It, it seems like interest is up, fan interest is up. They're selling out games uh, big time. Um, what do you guys make of the tournament so far? Any surprises? Um, Jim, go ahead. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the Dominican is in danger of, you know, losing, you know, kind of losing out, which is very surprising. But I think it goes to show that, that really big team that everybody expects to win, you know, it's not always granted, uh, even though they have a great roster. Uh, Japan, I, I think it's kind of reminiscent of the Braves last year with their home field advantage. You think about the Mets going in late in the year on uh, that electric um, at Atlanta field, right? Those fans are electric. You see that same type of thing in Japan, right? The fans love it there. Uh, good luck to any team that has to go there and play that you know, isn't Japan because, you know, they're crazy about baseball there. It's cool to see a guy like Lars Nupar kind of, he wouldn't have been able to do this before, but, you know, the first non, yeah, the first non-Japanese born player to play for Team Japan and 
you know, even though he doesn't speak Japanese, you know, too proficiently, he's still going in there, hyping his team up. The fans love him. Uh, it's really great to see how, you know, of a, how much of a madhouse it is there in Japan. Yeah, I just want to talk about what happened in Pool A. Um, it was it was crazy. I mean, everybody in the pool went two and two. Um, Chinese Taipei, who now has to um, requalify uh, for the next WBC, they ended up they beat Italy, who is going to move on. It's it's kind of crazy. Uh, the way that they decided it, um, it was runs per out. I think it was runs given up per out. That was the difference maker or difference decider, not difference maker. So it was definitely interesting, um, but Chinese Taipei, I feel for them. They're they're my little uh, little wagon that could, but they, in the end they couldn't. Overall, I think it's been a really fun series, though. Um, uh, the whole tournament has been a blast. Just seeing all these other countries come together, uh, it's been really really something something to uh, uh, look out for, and you get to see others' players too because a lot of Cuba, like what Cuba's been doing, it's all with prospects that are really um, lower level they've not really known of so it's been fun to learn about other names yeah and i think that the the coolest part of this whole thing is just seeing the passion from you know specifically just the other countries around the world like the u.s team was actually kind of dull to watch last night compared to some of these other teams and the passion that they show um, like the the pitcher from italy or the pitcher from venezuela with the full button uh unbuttoned jersey like this stuff is just, it's fun baseball. And it, it you know, you kind of look at that and you think, oh, why is baseball doing better in some of these other countries than it is here? And it, the passion makes a difference. The passion on the field translates to passion in the stands, which translates to popularity. Um, so I think that that's one thing that, that's a cool takeaway. Um, but also, how nice is it to watch a baseball game without a pitch clock right now? <laughs> like, this is just like, you see more strategy in the game. Uh, the atmosphere is different. Um, the 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 tension that builds up kind of like we kind of mentioned this on the very first episode, like you get a different kind of atmosphere and it's a big spot in the game. The crowd is on their feet going crazy. There's no rush to get this next pitch off. Everyone's collecting themselves. Like there's something to be said for that. Um, and it's, it's cool to see that here. And after seeing the pitch clock, I'm seeing a lot of people on you know social media saying like, this is better baseball that we're watching now. So uh, hopefully MLB is taking note of that and figuring out ways to tweak this pitch clock um, so that we can keep some of those elements still. Um, but now we're going to get into our standings predictions for the 2023 season. Um, and we're going to start this thing on the AL East side. We're going to give division winners for each division and um, then some wildcard teams, championship series predictions, world series predictions, and a world series winner. Um, so kicking it off with the AL East, uh, I'm going to go, go ahead and, and maybe make the same mistake I made last year and take the Blue Jays to win it. Uh, I think that you know, they're a more overall well-rounded team than the Yankees. The Yankees might take them on the pitching side, but we've seen the injury bug bite the Yankees again early in spring training. You got Radon missing time early on. The lineup outside of Aaron Judge is not that deep, and you can't count on him to put up record-breaking numbers again. Um, I think that the O's have a great young team, um, and I'll, I'll touch on them a little bit later. I think that the Rays need to stay healthy and always put together a great team, and I think that the Red Sox are dog water. Um, so that's my AL East assessment with the Blue Jays on top. Jim, what do you got? Yeah, so I also have the Blue Jays winning that division. Obviously, the Yankees have potential to you know have some young guys come up, kind of like the Orioles when you think about Volpe uh, kind of coming up, maybe Dominguez farther down the road, but 
yeah, I have the Yankees finishing second and the Blue Jays finishing first. I think that uh, Kikuchi has a bounce back year. Vladdy kind of really had a down year. I mean, not a lot of people realize, you know, compared to what he was before, kind of had a down year. I really expect him to bounce back. Uh, overall, I definitely like the Blue Jays. As you kind of said, they're a more well-rounded team than they were last year. And the Yankees kind of have that injury bug biting them already. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Yankees. Um, I feel like it's it's just something that I feel like is going to be inevitable. I feel Oh, no. It's only when it's his turn to talk. Like the Blue Jays are a full year yet. Um, still have me. All right. That's Brad's AL East assessment. He's got the Yankees on top. Um, we'll jump to the AL Central now. Uh, and in the Central, uh, this is this is a pretty easy winner for me. And then the rest of the division is kind of a just a guess, really. I'm going to take the Guardians to win the division again. Um, I think that they're, you know, we're a great young team last year. And the one thing that I wanted to see that lineup add more of was power. Um, and I think that they added a little bit of pop to the lineup now, which is going to set them apart from last year. The pitching is still solid. Um, so I'm going to take them to kind of run away with that division, honestly. I don't think that the, the Twins or the White Sox are, are on their level. I think that they're both teams with playoff potential, and I think that they're the clear two and three in that division. Um, but I'm not sure that either of them have what it takes. I think the White Sox might even be losing a pitcher with Clevenger at some point during the season. I'm not sure I see him making it through the whole season. Um, the Twins, Byron Buxton can't stay healthy. Uh, Jimmy's mentioned before, Correa doesn't seem like he wants to be there. Um, the Royals are on the up and up, but they're not there yet. And the Tigers are rebuilding their rebuild. Um, so that's what I got in the central. What do you got, Jim? Yeah, to me, the Twins are kind of like the uh, angels of the AL Central in the sense that, you know, they always kind of put together a pretty good roster with big names, but they can't get it done. Uh, the Royals and Tigers, to me, you know, they're four or five, flip them whichever way you want. Uh, the White Sox, you know, I like Cease a lot, but I just don't think they have what it takes to make it through the year. It seems like injuries always kind of pop up with them. So, yeah, by default, I'd kind of go the Guardians 100%. Uh, you know, they're an exciting team to watch. You know, I love Ramirez. Uh, Jimenez has been huge for them. As Brad touched on last week, you know, Ahmed Rosario, that trade for, you know, Lindor, how they brought in Rosario and Jimenez kind of worked out for both sides. And I really like to watch the Guardians. Tristan McKenzie's a fun guy to watch. So overall, yeah, 100%, I have the Guardians winning that division. Yeah, I have the Guardians winning as well. Um, I feel like the second, though, I think I'm going to take the White Sox. I feel like Larusa was a lot of what their issues were last year. The team kind of gave up during, probably before the All Star break, honestly, because they were just riddled with injuries. Felt like Lasorda was not not Lasorda Larusa. <laughs> May God rest his soul. Um, Larusa feels like just another. Uh, just every other week, it was another something coming up with him. So I feel like they're going to be able to kind of pick themselves back up because they have all the talent in the world. They just need to stay healthy. Obviously, if they get by with Hendricks uh, being out and hopefully all goes well with him. But I feel like the White Sox will be in that uh, second place because I don't trust the Twins pitching. They really don't have any pitchers. Um, their lineup is suspect at best because of all the potential injuries with Correa, Buxton, those guys. So, yeah, I'll take Guardians 1, White Sox 2, and Twins 3. Now to the AL West. I'm going to take the Astros again to repeat as champs. 
um, with the Mariners following closely behind. I think the, the M's are a better team than they were last year. Um, they, they did a good job of improving. Julio's going to be a year older um, with some more experience under his belt, um, which is going to be a, a huge help for them. The Angels, I like what they did. I really did like their offseason. I thought that they took a different approach than their traditional splashy big-name offseason and actually went for some really solid depth pieces. Hopefully Rendon can have a bounce-back year because I, I really do like him. Um, I like what he can do over at third base. I think the Rangers are a solid ball club. They can surprise some people. They could win some games, um, but they're not there yet, uh, and especially with the way that the injury bug has bit their pitching staff. With you know, They have six starters, and four of them are down right now. Uh, and then the A's are, are an awful baseball team that should be relegated to AAA. So I'll take the Astros to win that one. Yeah, I have the Astros as, yeah, as well. Um, the M's, I like the M's. They're an exciting team. They kind of seem to find a way to get it done. You know, Angels, I have them at three. You know, it seems like the Angels, Rangers, and Mariners, the, you know, the cards go right for any of those teams. You know, they could be a second-place team. Uh, as you said with the Rangers, you know, they have Semien, Seager, DeGrom, almost too good to be true. So I have them at four, and then you have the A's at five, who pretty much given up at this point. Yeah, uh, obviously the Astros winning is going to be a shoe-in. Uh, number two, I actually have the Rangers coming in second. Uh, I feel like they're going to take a step this year. Uh, they finally have the pitchers. I mean, as long as they're healthy, uh, you got that two-three of Semi and Seager. I feel like they're going to do it. Uh, the Mariners. I've always, I've kind of been down on the Mariners for like the last couple years. Um, even this past year, didn't think they were even that good. I mean, they had the same win total the year before. So I have them third. Uh, Angels like what they did. I just feel like they just can't get out of their own way. It's always something year after year. And if they end up trading Otani at the deadline, that's going to pummel them down the standings. And then I have written down here, I have 50 feet of crap. And then I have the Oakland Athletics. Uh, that 50 feet might be more wins than the Athletics have this year. So I figured I'd throw that on there. We love a money ball reference. Uh, now we'll go to the NL East, which is uh, probably the hardest division to rank, honestly. This is a, a real doozy here, but... I think that these guys, the Phillies, are uh, maybe the a top two roster in baseball. There's no reason that this team shouldn't win the division. There's no reason that this team shouldn't be back in the championship series. If they aren't in the championship series, something went horribly wrong. Um, because this team, this lineup in specific, is stacked. The pitching is good, um, better than it was. Uh, I think that this is a really solid ball club that's going to come out on top. But I'm going to give their Mets, the Mets their due at number two. Um, but the Braves Mets is a, a complete toss up there behind them. Um, it probably ends up being very similar to last season where that spot mm -hmm. that's going to come down to the last week or, or two of the season. The Marlins are a, a sneaky good ball club, but they're just not on the level of these other teams. Um, and, and I, I do like the pieces that the nationals have, but we, we all know that they're a few years away from being competitive again. Yeah, so I have the Braves coming back and winning that division. As I touched on before, any team that goes in there, good luck doing with their fan base. The Mets seem to have taken care of the Phillies a lot last year. You know, they don't really seem phased by, you know, that Philly fan base, you know, kind of rally sometimes. So I have the Mets at two, Phillies at three. As you touched on before, they have a great roster, but, uh, you know, the Mets kind of seemed to roll over them last year. Marlins at four. I love Sandy Alcantara, but as you said, they're not on the level of the other teams. And then the Nationals at five. To me, uh, they're obviously clearly, you know, 40 feet of crap. And then you have the Nationals. So Now he 40. He won't he won up to you there. He 15 feet. Uh, or no, 
40 is actually tell. I thought you said 30. No, that's that's less. Never mind. Forget that. Scratch that. We'll cut that. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so I have the Braves winning. I feel like the Braves are – it's hard to bet against the Braves every year because it doesn't matter how they start, how they are in the middle of the season. I feel like they're always in it at the end of the year right there. Uh, second, I have the Mets. Uh, I feel like the Mets, what they did with the pitching staff replacing DeGrom is really going to be beneficial to their long-term success for the whole year. Uh, the Phillies three, uh, there's no reason why they can't win the division. There's no reason why the Mets can't win the division. Uh, it's really just a pick them right now. I feel like the Phillies, obviously, with their Cinderella story, they kind of uh, exceeded expectations last year to an extent. So it's it's hard for them to really follow that up. They'll have all that weight on them at the beginning of the year, so maybe they'll have to fight back and try to get back up to the top of the division. Four is the Marlins, kind of like what they did this offseason, but still there's nowhere near where they can compete in this division, even with even with the less divisional games and the Nationals last. At least they won't be last in uh, the league. I don't like this whole, like, Phillies were the underdog narrative last year, though, because, I mean, we might not have thought that the Phillies were good, but, like, the Phillies spend more money than any, anybody else almost. They're top payroll in baseball, dishing out, you know, a hundred plus million dollar contracts like it's nothing so you know they they might have felt like underdogs but like this team's a, a huge disappointment if they don't do what they did last year like they were supposed to be there money wise for sure um so now would would you would you take the mets or the phillies to win any other division besides the al west i would say you could probably make a case that either one of those teams would be the favorite in any other division Yes. Uh, uh, besides the the NL West and the AL West. NL West, the, yeah, them too. Yeah. The, the so NL West and AL West. Uh, the, even the NL West would be a toss up with with those mm -hmm. two possibly being division winners. So, and even the Braves, you could throw the Braves in that conversation too. They could win any other division besides theirs and the two Wests. Uh, but let's talk about the NL Central now, which is, I mean, quite. The opposite of the East, I think, where you again, it's not a great division. It's not a deep division. And I'm going double or nothing. Cody Bellinger, Trey Mancini, Eric Cosmer are leading the Chicago Cubs to the NL Central title this year. This team could could win 95 games, or this team could win 55 games, depending on on you know how things shake out for them. But I'm gonna take these guys to bounce back. Um, you got uh, Marcus Stroman, who was just in the World Baseball Classic, so he's got a little bit of buildup. His his kind of hype thing that he likes there, so he's going to be coming in hot. You've got, um, like I said, Hosmer has potential to have a bounce back with no shift. Bellinger has a potential to have a bounce back just in general as a 26-year-old former MVP. I love Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini is going to uh, lead that team to the NL Central title. I think the Cardinals are a good club. Um, I think the Cardinals are probably the right answer to win the division. Um, but I, I think the Brewers have some issues over there. Corbin Burns does not want to be there. Corbin Burns is going to be in black and orange in Baltimore uh, by the end of July. The Pirates are actually not the worst team. I think the Pirates actually have a decent ball club on their hands that's going to win 70 games or so. Um, and they're on the up and up. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. It'll be fun to see Kutch back there for sure, at least. Um, and the Reds are, are pretty terrible. So um, that's that's my central assessment. I'm going with the Cubs again. I did it last year. I was horribly wrong, um, and I'm going to double down on it this year. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a bit different for all three of us, but I have the Brewers winning that division. 
Uh, to me, the Cardinals, I have them at two. But to me, they're a bit old. They don't have the pitching. We saw Wainwright throw in 85 last night, <laughs> topping out at like 87. Uh, the Cubs, if this was 2018, uh, when you have Hosmer, Bellinger, and Mancini, then maybe I would have picked them to win. But, you know, they kind of have some guys a bit past their prime. I don't really like Strowman's uh, pitching in Wrigley. You know, he gives up a lot of fly balls, you know, grounds for a lot of home runs. Uh, and I have the Pirates four. I do think that they could kind of surprise some people and, like you said, win 70-plus games. Then the Reds at five. Well, I think Hunter Green does have a breakout year. And I do like uh, Alexis Diaz uh, at the end of that bullpen. I have him at five. So I'm going to take the obvious choice here. I'm going to take the Cardinals to win this division. I'm going to, I think they're going to do it by a very large margin. It might be the largest margin in uh, a division for first and second place. Uh, they'll probably exceed 100 wins. It's kind of one of my bolder um, predictions. I feel like they're just going to have everything going for them. Division's not going to be much to worry about. Um, two, I actually have the Chicago Cubs. I feel like this is more of a what's going to happen to the Brewers. I feel like the Brewers have been pushing off for a while of them having the big fire sale and kind of resetting. So I feel like that's going to be the, the that's going to happen this year, uh, especially with Burns being a free agent after next year. They're going to want to get as much back for him as they can. Uh, four have the Pirates. Again, it's nothing against the Pirates. It's they're just not there yet. Uh, they're on their way. They're definitely uh, looking up more than other teams in the National League. Mm -hmm. And then five, I have the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, I feel like what the Reds did, though, this offseason, which wasn't really much, but a lot of what I saw about the Reds this offseason was what their prospects were doing. And what Ellie De La Cruz was doing in AA last year is crazy for 19-year-olds. He's going to be really, really good when he comes up in the next year or so. Yeah, I think your Cardinals' 100 wins is pretty bold given the new schedule format where they're not going to have so many games against their other crap division teams. So um, we're going to check back on that for sure at the end of the season because that's a, a real bold prediction. I like that. Uh, now we'll go to the West where I, I don't feel good about it, but I'm not going to take the Dodgers to win it. I'm going to take the Padres to win it. I think that you, know, you add Xander to this team and you add a – the, the real X factor that you didn't have all last year in, in Tatis after like 20 games. Uh, this team is uh, as close to uh, a super team as we're ever going to like this team could rival any team in the world baseball classic. Honestly, this like if they don't win the division, then, you know, especially with Lux going down for the Dodgers, that that kind of changes the conversation as Jimmy had mentioned in last episode, where that really puts the division in jeopardy for the Dodgers there to have to, count on guys like you know trader to the united states trace thompson um you have, we're gonna have mookie, mookie at second you gotta count on jason hayward to, to come up and, and have a big role um so i'm gonna take the padres there i think the diamondbacks are a sneaky good ball club kind of on the same level as the orioles in that the three spot there in the division creeping up um where the giants are kind of on the raise level where they're gonna fall off down to that four spot um and then the rockies a's uh, Reds, Nationals, Red Sox, and Tigers can go form their own league playing against local little leagues. Yeah, I don't really know where this narrative that the Dodgers are like this, you know, unbeatable juggernaut of like the past decade, like they're the Braves or something that win the division every year for the past 10 years started. To me, you know, we've seen the Dodgers underperform before, right? We've seen them underperform in 2015, 2016, 2017 when they were expected to win that division. I'm not a big Dave Roberts fan. 
Uh, I really think that he's kind of a mid manager that gets over, you know, really overplayed because of how good his players are. So I have the Dodgers at two. Uh, the Padres to me are the lock at one. You know, as long as they don't get in each other's way, right? We know how they have some great players. Uh, you know, tempers can kind of flare there, but I think that Bogarts is kind of a good voice of reason there, right? Kind of a good uh, calming presence that could, you know, really has a good track record amongst being a good teammate. So I really like that. I really like how well they could gel together. Uh, so I have the Padres at one, Dodgers at two. I like the Diamondbacks and what they're doing. So I have them at three. Uh, to me, the Giants are, you know, they really didn't do anything this offseason. Uh, you know, they did lose Rodon. So they're at four. And then I have the Rockies at five. This is exactly where the Dodgers want you. No expectations. Everybody down on them. That's, this is going to be the year that they really put it all together. They're going to be that team, going to get back up there, maybe make the World Series. National League is going to be really tough to come out of this year. That's going to be one of the storylines of the postseason without even playing game one of opening day yet. The National League is going to be a gauntlet to get through in the playoffs. But the Dodgers, I feel like this is exactly where you want them. Uh, two Padres, it's pretty easy to take the Padres here. Uh, everything that they're doing is – amazing it's they're just printing money out in san diego do what you got to do it's to win it's at all costs uh three i have the diamondbacks as well i feel like zach allen's really going to take a big step this year it's going to be a borderline cy young uh winner uh four i have the who's the four four was the giants yeah the giants uh really they just didn't do much in the offseason they signed um conforto uh, Mitch Haniger, so they're no pushover, but I feel like that pitching is definitely going to take a step back until their uh, prospects start getting up there in the next year or so. And then five is the Rockies. At least they have Dino. Yeah, and I, at the whole, Arson Judge is going to have a huge year there for the Giants. Period. He's going to have a massive year. Um, but Jimmy, I would say that that narrative started in 2013 when the Dodgers won the division for eight straight years and have won it for nine of the last 10. Um, that's, that's when I would say that narrative started 2021 is the only year since 2013 that they've lost that division. Um, and then they beat the division winner, San Francisco giants in the NLDS. Yeah. They, um, they always choke though. Uh, in, in the playoffs, they maybe had a couple of years where they, you know, obviously they won it all, but, uh, they, they're, they're kind of perennial choke artists when, you know, it comes to crunch time, you know, they're bad bullpen decisions made by Roberts. I don't know. To me, I don't know. I, I just don't view them as this dynasty that maybe the Giants were in the mid two thousands. They're, early they're a divisional dynasty. They're not not a World Series dynasty, but they're hanging division banners left and right, which is not what we play for at the end of the day. We was uh, to quote Moneyball for the the second time this episode. Uh, if you don't win the last game of the season, um, you know, nothing else matters. Um, but now we'll we'll talk about our wild card teams. Now you know who our division winners are. Um, but on the AL side. My three wildcard teams, the Yankees are, are going to be a playoff team, period. Whether it's division winners or wildcard, they're going to make the playoffs. So the Yankees, uh, I'm going to take the Mariners to make the playoffs uh, and I'm going to be you know, bold and I'm going to take the Orioles to, to make a wildcard spot this year. Um, so I, I think, you know, like I said, the Yankees have to make it. If they don't make it, then uh, they should just sell the team um, and, and rename and rebrand and everything because that's a tremendous disappointment. The Mariners, uh, like I said, Julio, a year older. I think that they're a, a good ball club. But I could see other teams sneaking in here. The Angels are all right. The, the White Sox, Twins, Rays all have chances. 
Um, but and then the the O's are a great young ball club. Prospects are going to come up. The, I think the ace trade does happen this year. Um, so I'm looking forward to a O's playoff game this year. Um, so who do you guys got in the AL? Yeah, to me, the Yankees are kind of a wild card lock. Uh, I do have the Orioles. I think it's going to be between the Orioles and the White Sox for that three spot in the wild card because I do think that the Mariners are going to get that second wild card spot. So ultimately, I do have the Yankees, M's, and I kind of go with the Orioles as well. I think that they're going to have some midseason reinforcements. I think that they could potentially have a strong deadline. Uh, they were only you know, three wins away from being a third-place team last year, and the Rays regressed. So I do see the Orioles winning eight, like 87, 88 games potentially. God, this is going to suck not picking the Orioles to make the playoffs. <laughs> what, 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 my thing was everybody thought that this was going to be the offseason that they added, and it turned out it wasn't. So until that they go to the All-Star break and they add pitchers, because that's the obvious need of this team, they need an ace or two. Uh, depending on what Grayson Rodriguez does, but they're definitely going to be in the wild card hunt. Uh, I certainly wouldn't pencil them in as a team yet, but I, obviously I would love for it. I'd love for them to win the division. Going to be rooting for them to do that. But my lock would be obviously the Blue Jays because I have the Yankees winning the division. I feel like the Blue Jays are just going to get there this year and hopefully, well, not hopefully, hopefully they lose to the Orioles, but <laughs> they can finally win a playoff game because they haven't since they beat the Orioles in 2016, coincidentally enough. Um Two, I'm going to take the Rangers to make the playoffs. Uh, this is going to be their year that they do it. Uh, it's going to be DeGrom who's going to start in the wild card round. He's going to win a game. It's going to be crazy. And then they're going to probably lose in the divisional round to somebody. Don't know who, but think they'll lose. And then three, I'm going to take the uh, Chicago – or not the, not the White Sox, the, uh, the Mariners. It'll be three teams in the West. Okay. Now, uh, a counterpoint to your your Orioles statement that they didn't add this offseason. Um, I think they're making additions. I think they're making additions that aren't coming in the form of trade or signings. And I think that those additions can be equally as valuable. You know, Adley Rushman was not a trade or was not a signing last year, um, but probably boosted this team legitimately 15 wins. Um, so I, I think that you make acquisitions in the form of John Means back. You make acquisitions in the form of, uh, you know, Grayson Rodriguez and, Tur and Joey Ortiz, things like that. Uh, they, I consider those acquisitions still because they are new to the ball club. Um, but obviously those are, like I'm naming, besides means, I'm naming prospects. So you don't know how they're going to pan out. So um, risky acquisitions, you could say. But um, I, I do think that acquisitions, it, it would be wrong to say no acquisitions were made. Um, but to the NL side, this is, a, this is a tough one because there's so many good teams. Um, I'm going to take the Mets because I took the Phillies winning the division. I'm going to take the Braves. So three teams coming out of the East, and then I'm going to take the Dodgers. Um, but there's such a wealth of talent in this league. Um, this The concentration of talent in this league is the best that it's been in a long time. There are legitimately 25 teams that can make the playoffs right now, which is not something we've seen a lot of tanking teams for the last decade. And right now there's a lot of good ball clubs and that makes these predictions super, super difficult and tricky because I'm leaving off teams like the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Diamondbacks, the Giants, the Angels, Twins, White Sox, Rays. Like I'm leaving all of these teams that could easily be playoff teams off of my playoff predictions. Um, so uh, I think that that's really good for baseball to see the, that kind of distribution of talent across the league. Yeah, so I got to go, obviously, being a Mets fan. You know, I have them getting a wild card spot. Dodgers, 
I'd say they're pretty much a lock if they don't win that division to get a wild card spot. And then I'm going to go with the Cardinals with the three. I think, you know, the Phillies obviously have a little bias as a Mets fan, but kind of seems too good to be true what they did last year to repeat. You know, we've kind of seen them, you know, choke and struggle a bit in the past when it comes to uh, late game relief pitching. So I have the Cardinals, Dodgers, and Mets getting the three wild card spots. The Phillies not making the playoffs would be just horrendous. It would be awful. Uh, the the Middleton family would uh, again the same as the Yankees sell the team, rebrand, move them. Uh, if if those two teams miss the playoffs, uh, then I I'm not making any kind of bets like I did last year with with the Dinger Tramp stamp. But I, I don't know. I'll, I'll eat a whole head of lettuce on the show if both of these teams don't make the playoffs. Crazy no things have happened though when you think about you know the history of the Phillies and you know they've had some notable chokes when you think about it. You know the past five six years of you know they they should have made the playoffs uh but they didn't yeah they're they're you know brad said that the twins are the angels of the al central and the, the phillies really have been the angels of the the nl east so i, I do understand the skepticism brad yeah, so we my, my my two teams would be the other two and the nl east that i'm not picking to win the division mets and phillies feel like they're going to be those three and going to be locks for the playoffs and then my other one would be the Padres out of the NL West. I really, it's it's going to be tough for any other of the lower um, teams in the NL East or the NL West to really come up and take one of those spots away from those five teams. So uh, those five are pretty much locks. Now looking ahead to the playoffs, well, there's there's 17 rounds of the playoffs now, so we'll just skip right ahead to the championship series. Uh, who do you guys have in the championship series on both sides? I'm taking the Astros to make it to the championship series again, uh, and I've got them facing, um, which obviously this all depends on on how the bracket shakes out, you know, and who ends up where. And these teams that we're going to name could possibly meet up earlier, and this could be impossible scenarios. But um, I'm taking the Astros versus the Guardians in the AL championship series with the Astros coming out on top. Uh, and, you know, repeating as AL champions. Um, and then I'm taking the Phillies and Padres on the National League side to meet again in the championship series, but with a different outcome this time, um, with the Padres coming out on top with, you know, Tatis being that X factor to put him over the top there. Um, so I got Astros Guardians, Phillies Padres, and an Astros versus Padres World Series. Yeah, I'm actually going to take the Astros. To me, they're kind of a lock to potentially win the World Series again. But I also have the Yankees. I really think that, you know, Volpe's going to come up, make a big impact. You know, obviously being a Mets fan, I love to hate on the Yankees. But, you know, you can't deny the fact that, you know, they're a team that even when they're at their worst, you could rely on them to win 90-plus games. Uh, I think they do have some big uh, performers in the postseason. Uh, so going to the NL, I'll take uh, the Mets. I think a lot of people think that Scherzer and Verlander are not going to stay healthy at, you know, throughout the year because of their age. But, you know, we're talking about two, you know, big professionals. You know, they've pitched for what probably thirty plus years combined. Uh, so I really think that they know how to manage their innings. I think Buck Showalter is a great leader there. So I'll go Mets in the championship series against the Padres. I really think this is the year that the Padres put it all together. Uh, they do have some great leadership over there. Yeah, great leadership. Who's who's the team leader over there? That's um, you know. Given all, who who would you say is like their team captain? You know, since they have such great leadership, I'm just wondering, like, who you would say? I mean, I I don't want to be that guy, but I don't really think that they need just one team captain. I, I think that you could think of it as Soto's the captain of the outfield, Machado's the captain of the infield, 
uh, you know, kind of like that, right? Like you, they have leaders all across the field, um, you know, when you think about Papache. So I don't think it's just one guy that's going to take that role as being a captain. I, I think that they could, and you, know, you have three guys there in Bogarts, you know, Soto, Machado, that could really share that captain type role. Okay. All right. All right, Manny Machado, guys. Manny Machado is the leader of the Padres, but uh, Brad, go, go, go ahead, Brad. <laughs> you're you're so muted, bro. There you go. There we go. Um, so I'm going to take the Astros to reach their seventh straight ALCS. Um, they're going to be playing the Toronto Blue Jays. I feel like the Blue Jays are going to get there this year. Uh, I'm going to have the Astros. In the Blue Jays, though. Uh, Astros will make it back to the World Series. Uh, in the NL, it's going to be a rematch of the 2006 NLCS. It's going to be the New York Mets, and it's going to be the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, to make the World Series, I'm going to take the St. Louis Cardinals. I feel like it's going to be this year. If they're going to do it. They have all these pieces ready to go. I feel like it's going to be an Astros-Cardinals World Series. That would be a heck of a send-off for Wayne Oda to make it back to the World Series. It would be a shame if... They did it right after Yadi and Pujols walked off. Um, but you you could definitely see them throwing out first pitches at the, the World Series games there. Um, now, you've heard our World Series matchups, and now to win it all, um, the San Diego Padres are taking it home this year. They're too good to not, too much money spent to not, too much fan excitement to not. Um, the Padres over the Astros is what I've got. I have the Mets against the Astros, and I have the Astros winning it all again. So for the first time since 97-98, there's going to be a back-to-back World Series champion, and it's going to be the Houston Astros beating the St. Louis Cardinals in an easy five games. Yes, so we've got a lot of diversity of picks across here, but one thing that uh, we all agree on is the Astros at least making the World Series. Um, So if if there's anything constant in the last seven years of baseball, it's that the Astros are are going to be there. Um, So um, that is our, our predictions. We are going to do uh, awards predictions coming up soon, too. So these are not our only predictions. We'll, we'll go through the awards uh, on probably next episode. So um, thank you for watching this week. You follow us on social media at CTBP Pod for more. We're going to have a fantasy baseball draft guide coming out soon. Uh, so keep an eye out for that if you're doing your fantasy drafts. Um, but besides that, shoot us a follow, shoot us a subscription on YouTube, and we'll see you all next week with another episode.